I'm Mike Michalowicz, and I'm about to have a productive conversation with Mike Vardy. So I've been looking forward to this conversation with Mike Michalowicz for some time now. I'm a fan of Profit First. He's had a ton of books out over the past several years, and his latest is Get Different, marketing that can't be ignored. We talk about Profit First uh, to a degree because that's where my introduction to Mike first came to pass, but we really get into Get Different and, and the importance of the framework he offers and a whole bunch of other things. It's a really productive conversation that you don't want to miss. So let's get to it. Here's my productive conversation, a productive conversation with Mike Michalowicz. Enjoy. Mike, this has been uh, a conversation I've wanted to have for a while. Back before this book, even, you know, your latest book, Get Different, yeah. Marketing That Can't Be Ignored, because you've been on my radar for a long time, so much so that uh, Profit First has been an integral part of my, not just my business, but my home life for a long time. So this is a real privilege and honor for me. So thanks for joining me today. Uh, well, you're welcome. I'm so happy that Profit First served you. I want to reciprocate. Thank you for having me on your show. Uh, I'm, I'm on, honored to be with you and, and just love hearing that uh, people are taking Profit First like yourself beyond business and deploying in their life. Yeah, I it, do too. It, well, and it just, I mean, I, I don't want to spend too much time on this because we want to talk about, about getting different, which actually, to be fair, Profit First is a very different way of operating. Yeah, yeah. So it, is, yeah. it kind of fits. It, uh, but uh, the idea of, of there's a simplicity element to it and there's there's an unconventional element, which I love about the work I do. I, I try to approach time management productivity from something that's rather unconventional people, but yet it works when you think about it. Same thing with, with Profit First and same thing with the stuff you're talking about in this new book, Get Different. But what fascinated me right out of the gate, and I know that this is a rote question that often comes up, but I'm looking at your your, your bibliography, right? You know, the Fix yeah. This Next, Clockwork, which was your book just before this one, right? If I'm, if I, if yep. I, yeah. That's correct. That's All, correct. And Pumpkin Plan. There is a, you are covering a wide gamut uh, with, yes. with the work you're doing. So what led you to this book? What, what, because, because it's not like there's a through line here that I can see, but maybe you can share that with, with the listeners to kind of say, hey, this is how I got to here with this book. Yeah. Yeah. So I think one point of confusion that some people have when they, they, uh, understand about all the books I've written is, oh, how are you an expert in all these spaces? And the fact is, I am not. I am a curator of all these spaces, but definitely not an expert. Uh, I, I'm a small business owner myself. And what I'm trying to do is assemble an encyclopedia that I need for my business. How do I ensure my business is profitable? How do I run it efficiently? And in this case, with the new book, it's how do I market? How it comes about, and this book specifically, is uh, I'm, I'm very blessed to be in contact with enough readers that I can get a, a common thread of challenges. And I was, this is pre-COVID, but I was doing uh, public speaking. I started asking people, what is your source of leads? First, it was just an arbitrary question I was asking because I was curious. And then I started to see a thread. Mm. Most small businesses um, get their leads through client referral. And, and, and we brag about it. And I do too. I, you know, 100% of my leads come from clients as I pound my chest, which is a wonderful acknowledgement of the quality of product or service you have because the client is willing to refer you to others. But 
It also means you're at the whim of that customer marketing you. Right. And that's a real precarious position to be in. If, if the client goes out of business or they decide not to market you anymore, you fall out of favor, you're, you're up the creek. Mm -hmm. So I wrote Get Different really so we could throttle lead flow where we can put that back in control. And if you're at the whim of your customers, you can't really scale your business reliably. Um, but when, when you can control lead flow, when, when you can determine when and, and to what volume uh, leads are going to come in, well, now, now the world's your oyster. At least potentially it is. So when I was going through the book, I noticed a pattern with some of your other books is this idea of systematizing to a degree. You're, you're creating a framework yeah. of sorts, right? So what yeah. was the first step when you were creating this framework that, that you're presenting in, in Get Different? So I noticed that most entrepreneurs, when they consider marketing, they pursue a marketing plan. And uh, most of the literature I read about is about that. And it's, it's wonderful because it's necessary. I also, though, feel that we're skipping a step. We go to a plan based upon some arbitrary parameters. You know, oh, my friend said Facebook is where the money's at, so I'm going to start marketing on Facebook or, or Instagram or I'm going to do a, a mailing because I heard someone did really well in mailing. It's the best practice in my industry. So it's relatively arbitrary. And uh, there's been a, I call it a lie that's been perpetuated that if whatever you're doing is failing to work in your marketing plan, that you're simply not doing enough. So you run those Facebook ads and you didn't get the yield you wanted. Yeah, you got to run more Facebook ads. You got to spend more. But as I investigated marketing, what we need to do is uh, first determine what works. Mm. I, I mean, I know that's blatantly obvious, but we need to measure what works. So instead of starting with a marketing plan, what businesses I believe should start with are marketing experiments. Yeah. Determine what experiment is successful for you and then turn that into a plan. So that's the foundation. The, the other thing is a plan implies commitment. You know, I, I'm, I plan to do something is here's the steps I'm going to take. An experiment acknowledges that there is a potential actually a desire for failure because failure identifies what not to do. Mm. And there's a thirst through experiments to find what works reliably and then pursue that. So even I think the framing is very important that we don't go in with an expectation that all the marketing we're doing is successful. In fact, the majority won't be successful to the degree we want it to be. But if we experiment and try different things, one of those things, or maybe multiple, will start to yield some benefit. And that's the thing we want to amplify. Well, and, and I think the, the key here also regarding the framework is the framework gives you something that you can trust when maybe you can't necessarily trust some of the things that you're going to try because they're new. You're getting different, right? So having something that you can kind of go, okay, that didn't work. Let's go back to this element of the framing device, this this framework, the structure I put together. That's right. It gives you that 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 safety net or that level of certainty because you mentioned plans and and. I throw this quote around a lot, but the idea of uh, what Eisenhower said, when I go into battle, I find planning to be useful, but plans useless. I mean, again, that's something that's echoed throughout a lot of your work as well. And, and, and it's, it's, a, it's, it's a smart play. So can we talk a bit about, you've got the, um, first off, you've got the, the, I'm looking at the experimentation sheet here in the book, the yeah, different yeah. experiment sheet. Don't want to go, like, obviously I want people to pick up the book, but what, what are the elements there that you think are the things that people maybe aren't thinking about when they're 
when they're considering an experimentation because there's probably some stuff there and as i look at it they're like oh yeah that seems like it's something i should look at but what yeah. about the thing that you're like oh i never thought about that but now that i'm taking a step back this perspective makes sense yeah so so i'll do a couple obvious things that sometimes are skipped or not thoroughly processed even right. though so obvious and i'll go into the heart of it so the obvious thing is who are we targeting and i know that's so obvious yet many entrepreneurs skip that step in their marketing process. They simply say, we want more customers, but they don't specify, oh, I want a customer that meets these parameters. So the first thing we can do is just analyze our historical customers, determine which ones are the best, the ones we like working with the most, the ones that yield the most revenue or profitability, ideally, and then say, I want clones of those customers. And that alone, by having clarity on who you're targeting, niching down, uh, your marketing message will become more attuned to them. So you'll get a better response rate. But that's obvious. Mm. What wasn't obvious, maybe in retrospect it will be, is the essence of effective marketing. And I put an acronym around it, DAD, D-A-D, that stands for the three elements that collectively, in my research, identify successful marketing. And when one or, or multiple of these elements were ignored, marketing inevitably was lackluster or just failed outright. So the first letter, D, stands for differentiate. And why we need to differ is the prospect mind, the human mind, very quickly becomes attuned to things that are ignorable and then never pays conscious thought to them again. In fact, 99.999 to an exponential factor of stimuli around us, we actually ignore. Otherwise, it would overwhelm our mind. Mm -hmm. So it's a white noise effect. But the first time I got a, a hey friend email, I remember the, I remember the very first one. Uh, that yeah. Just those two words. I was like, who is this friend? Like. Yeah this is awesome. Is this like a friend from college? Just call me friend. Mm -hmm. It's so friendly of them. And then uh, I started reading through them. I go, this is irrelevant marketing. And within that one marketing piece, my mind had become habituated, meaning deem this is white noise. And every, Hey friend I've received since then, the hundreds or thousands I've received, I've never paid notice to or attention to. I've ignored it. The first one was a win because it was different. Everyone else copied it. Can, can I? Can the, I? I want to interject yeah. here real quick because as you're talking about this, you mentioned the email thing. Um, it brings to mind what ConvertKit did when they were starting to do their email marketing. The, everyone else was doing like the big splashy, like Mailchimp, like everything's got pictures and stuff. And yes. ConvertKit did plain text, like here, hey, friend. like it was very. It felt like you were getting an email from someone that you knew. It wasn't like it was such a different type of email. Yet it still served the same purpose. There were some marketing elements to it, and and all of a sudden. Other people have started to do other other businesses and other companies that ran this are starting to do that. In addition, businesses that were sending these big graphical HTML style emails are now sending ones like this. So that that's what differentiated ConvertKit, which is what led me to to join them. So that would be and it got my attention because, like you said, yeah, that, yeah and that's the, the, the goal. Right. And you mentioned that in the book, the idea of, hey, friend, the goal was, oh, what's this? And then it's that sustainability and knowing where it came from in the first place, I think also helps. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that knowing totally. that, yeah, like, I mean, I, I've stuck with ConvertKit because I'm like, I like what they did. They're continuing to iterate and make things work. Um, I'm going to stick with them as long as they keep doing that. Yeah. And that's actually the second part is the A stands for attract, the attractor factor. But, you know, the challenge that anyone would have is, as we move to this new standard, so if everyone markets that way, it becomes white noise. Right. If everyone sent a plain text email. So there is a shelf life for different. 
the interesting thing is usually the shelf life is pretty long because people are afraid to do different. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a whole psychological reason behind it, but basically in short, we have a thirst to be noticed without being noticeable. We want to stand out without having to stand out. So there's this little bipolar emotional tug of war that's going on for, for all of us. Um, so first it could be different. Yeah. Different gets attention. And um, I, I, I even did an experiment with this myself. I was traveling uh, again recently for speaking engagements and uh, I was getting on the plane. I was hopping on my phone. And I noticed that someone had a hotspot that my phone was trying to connect or at least listed and it said like the CIA or some kind of funny joke. I was, like, I was like, oh, that's kind of smart, right? And then I was like, oh, what if I want people to buy my book? What if I put buy, you know, the new books called Get Different. So buy Get Different on Amazon. So what I did is I, I went out and I bought a wireless access point. You can get like a cheaper one for like 20 bucks. Yeah. It fits in my backpack. It's small. Connected to a battery. I walk into an airport. I have a wireless access point now saying buy Get Different on Amazon. So you now you have a crowd of people sitting there trying to hop on the free internet on at the airports and they're seeing my book listed. But better yet, when I go to a conference to speak, I'll show up to the AV booth in the morning and just leave my backpack there and say, hey, I'm the speaker later today. Can I just leave this here? They say yes. I have the Wi-Fi on. Now the entire conference, as they arrive in that room and try to connect on the internet before the speakers go, they're seeing my book. Mm-hmm. And I've had people after I speak, they're like, dude, you wouldn't believe this. The conference is promoting your book on the Wi-Fi system. <laughs> and I'm like, that's shocking. I can't believe it. They love me. They really love me. <laughs> but it, it's different. No, absolutely. And I mean, I was thinking about this. My son is a big YouTube fan, and he likes watching gamers on YouTube. Again, speaking yes. of different, uh, we used to watch actual sports on TV. Now our kids are watching guys play digital sports on TV. And it's the and same. It's crazy. It, it's crazy, but it makes sense because it's the next generation. Totally. So totally. My, my son and I, one of the things that we do is we kind of uh, that's the, he's at that age where we're bonding over not only those things, but again, being a mid 40 year old man, all the 80s nostalgia, Transformers, Lego, all that stuff is still, you know, it's it's either coming back with a vengeance or has elevated. So we bond over that. But one of the things we've talked about was Twitch was twitch.tv. And I said, what if I did a Twitch for productivity? What if I had a Twitch? Do- and he's like, oh, I don't think anybody like I, that would be weird. That'd be different. And he said different. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hmm, then maybe it's worth trying. Right. And so and it was actually literally uh, during the reading of this book that I had that idea. So I, I all I've done at this point is put it into uh, ClickUp, which is the tool that we use at, 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 at the company here. And I just said <laughs> I tagged my operations coordinator. I said, let's start thinking about this as yeah. something. And I think that yeah. that so again, um, but there's the, that idea of and you're talking about the fear of it. It's like, well, not only the fear of trying something new, but the fear of taking your resources, your your limited attention and your sure. resources away to try something that is different than what you are doing and also different than what you think anybody else is doing in your space. That's right. That's right. And so there's a real cost associated with that failure. Um, so we need to experiment uh, cheaply and quickly. Which is what you did. So it's exactly what you did with the Wi-Fi hotspot, right? It was, like, exactly. it was low bandwidth, no pun intended, <laughs> uh, high reward, right? It. And you got it and you, and it, 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 it paid off. So, that, I mean, if you can find those, those are big wins. That's a big wins. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think there's a shocking number of those available, um, but it's human nature to default to. It's got to be expensive. So, so I'll give you another example. I noticed my contemporaries, other authors, 
send out emails uh, just like everyone else does. And I said, well, this is the common medium of sending out email. But if I send out emails, there's more white noise. What if I'm the first guy to do invisible ink emails, which I'm also in my 40s. It harkens back to the 80s. Those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the pens that you could you know, get, get the decoded message. So I sent out an email with a white font against the white background. So it's invisible. And it, it simply said, this is an invisible ink email. Click and drag to see your message. The click-through rate was four times of my other emails historically. And this plays into, first of all, it's different, right? So, and it invokes curiosity, interest, like what could this be? Um, which plays into the second component, which is A, it stands for attract. Right. When we do different, it also needs to be something that um, speaks to the desire, interest, entertainment of our target audience. I could, I could be, as a speaker, I could walk on stage in a clown costume with the big floppy shoes and the yaka yaka horn and, uh, and, and walk on stage and say, we ready to go crazy. The audience will notice me because I'm different. Like what speaker does that? But it's not attractive. Right. Like it's, it, it's, it's incongruent with what people want or are expecting. And it actually then causes people to be repelled. So element two is you must speak to the audience. But it's not always speaking to serving a problem. We, we do want to do that. But it may simply be invoking curiosity, interest, intrigue. Uh, intrigue. It may just be entertainment. Right. Now, one last component about this is all of this happens in milliseconds. We literally give something attention about one-tenth of a second before at a subconscious level, we're deciding if we should stay engaged or not. So when you do different, you, and it's really different, you will get attention for one-tenth of a second before the re receiver of this information decides, is this a threat? It's different. I never expect, experienced this before. Is this harmful? Is this an opportunity? Something will serve me? Or is this something I should file as irrelevant for the rest of my life? Like that first time I got the, hey, friend. So now in this attract phase, we need to keep the customer engaged until we get into the final stage, which is telling them what to do. So keep them engaged by entertaining, invoking curiosity, maybe satisfying a need. But if you're not doing that, you're going to lose their attention. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now, you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. I can't help but think about the stuff we talked about before we, we started things about that wrestling pay-per-view I watched that hearkened back Yeah, I to love like, that. Oh, man. Like, they're, they are doing they're, – they're different enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think – so can we touch yes. on that a bit? Like the idea of being just different enough that you stand yes. out, which I think there's an art there. And and was there, is there a science to it too or is it just like an art? There is. Yeah. There is. So it, it's a balance. Um, when people – some of the early readers heard about the title Get Different, they're like, oh, you mean be outrageous. I'm like, absolutely not. Mm. That's the one thing not to do. What it is is amplifying often an idiosyncrasy that's inherent to us just enough where we're the standout, but it still can appeal to the audience. So if you go too far to the extreme, people don't see relevancy for them right. or it becomes a mockery to them. But if it's, if it's to a higher degree than everybody else, we still stay engaged. A classic study is what's happening in news. You know, in news, they say headline news, if it bleeds, it leads, but we've got to. So, so the only way that you can, win as a news channel now is to show the blood first before everyone else does. So it's a race to disaster. That's why there's these misreports like, you know, a building collapses. We think there's a thousand dead. We don't know yet for sure. There's, they're, they're willing to misreport just to show the, the bleed. Right. But we've gone to such an extreme so far that now it's disenchanting people. It's too extreme. So to your point, it has to be more, but it has to be not too much than everybody else new different yeah. but not crazy what's also interesting is that first and different are also not the same thing necessarily right like you talk about news the, the rush uh when i used to work for the next web and other news sites it wasn't about being accurate 100 percent. it was about being first you can always go back yeah. and fix it so um i think that there's some grace that you can give yourself as you're you you're approaching this idea of getting different too, right? Which I, I think is one of the things that people are afraid of is that if they do it wrong or they go too far or like Mike starts a Twitch channel and it doesn't land and oh no, yeah. now what's going to happen, right? I think there has to be some grace involved, right? Like there's that human element of of those soft skills like grace and empathy and things like that along the way. Um, not to mention, and this is I think the tricky part, especially when it's related to time management, is giving yourself the room to breathe and think about how you can do it in a way that makes sense as opposed to just doing it for the sake of doing it. Right. That's correct. That's correct. There is a, uh, the town I'm in, it's called Booton, New Jersey. It's a small kind of cologne. It's back to the colonial days type of thing feel. And, uh, so there's a lot of storefronts and, uh, COVID did not help a lot of business have gone out of business, but what moved in interestingly was like fitness studios and so forth. Well, on, on one block, there are three fitness studios. Two of them actually share an adjacent wall. They're right on top of each other, and they're competitors. Well, I was walking by, and what I noticed is the common best practice approach being used. And, and this is a lesson. When you look to do experiments, marketing experiments, look for the best practice in the industry, and this is where you want to – this is what you want to change up. Mm. So everyone had the before and after. It's like, you know, schlubby guy, ripped guy, schlubby girl – ripped girl like you know over and over these pictures of their clients and it's like okay so that's the thing that's not going to work and that's when you start playing with these experiments and to your point you have to be 
graceful with this. Um, you, you, they could have gone to extreme and put like, you know, muffin top model, like a living person and bikini model right next to her in, in the windows. But that might be so extreme. It, it could hearken some other uh, expectations or beliefs. So what we did was one technique is look at what other industries are doing and do some R&D stands for rip off and duplicate. Yep. Take take ideas from other industries and bring them in because if it works somewhere else, it may be a graceful way to introduce it to your industry. Mm-hmm. So this one gym, I went to him, I said, listen, I got an idea that's different for you. We're going to take an idea from fun houses. I've noticed when people go to a fun house, we love taking pictures of ourselves in the mirrors. Let's get a mirror that makes you look short and squat. And another one that makes you look you know, lean and tall. And the short and squat one we're going to put before and the lean and tall one we're going to put after just the, the text over it. And what happened immediately is people are walking down the streets are ignoring the classic best practice. But now you're seeing these funhouse mirrors in this one gym. You're looking at yourself and some people are taking pictures and they're laughing. And there was a sign next to it says, we just transformed you in the mirror. Let's do it for in real life. And they doubled their inbound foot traffic just because they were able to do different. And they took an idea that works historically for another industry and brought it into theirs. Yeah, that cross that crossover is really interesting because I've actually I mean, so here and the other thing I think that that people need to keep in mind, I know I struggle with this, too, is the idea that, oh, this has been done before and I don't know how much I can differentiate from what it is. Right. So, for example, I'll give you a quick example is uh, we have a program now uh, called The Six and it was Mm -hmm. something that legitimately I percolated on. It was supposed to be something completely different initially, by the way. It wasn't even mm. supposed to be what it became. But I've been I've been um, playing around with hexagons, like, for the longest time, ever since Marvel had the, the WandaVision show where hexagons appeared everywhere. And I'm like, oh, hexagons, yeah, yeah, hexagons, yeah. hexagons. And I started to do some research. I'm like, this is really cool. I'll let this sit and figure out how to incorporate it later. Well, you know, four or five months later, all of a sudden it dawned on me. And this idea of the six came to mind, which is do six things, do do six of your things. I mean, you can do other things too, but but like, and then we framed it, we put it all together, and then somebody mentioned, I, I sent it out via email, and someone said, "Oh, it's kind of like the Ivy Lee method." I'm like, "Wait, what?" And I looked at it, I'm like, "Oh <laughs> shit!" Well, no, but it wasn't a, it was old Mike. I can tell you, three years ago, Mike would been like, yeah. oh, "Shit, we got to pull it." Mike now was going, well, no, Ivy Lee used it in this way, number one. Right. Number one, I'm enhancing it, amplifying it like you've talked about. Yes. Right? Secondly, the other thing that we also do, and I'm sure you come across this too, is, oh, this is every, this has been done and everyone has heard about it. Like everyone, right? It's like why yeah. we – it's why like when we, when we write a blog post or when we write a book, we're like, well, I have to write a new book now because everyone's already read this one, which is – patently not true chances exactly. are more people most people have not so i'm like okay number one i've amplified this whole idea of the six and taken it to the next level and secondly there are a select group of people that know about the ivy lee method and they are such a small minority and even if they're not even if they they do know they might go oh i wonder what mike's take on it is right because i've have enough you know, kind of whatever it is, uh, experience in the industry or whatever. But yeah, I think that, so can we touch on, cause I think that that's a big thing is this idea of the, the things that keep us from doing different. The, the idea that, uh, this has all been done before everyone else has seen it. Like, how do we keep those ideas at bay? And then further, you've got a chapter, which I love called how to know it's working. How do you know it's working? Yes. 
Yeah, yeah. So in regards to it's been done before, uh, there's an argument. Everything's been done before. There's yeah. really no n- nothing new, but there's new flavors. There's new ways of introducing things. So when I wrote Profit First, for example, um, the majority of people read it says, wow, this is radically new. It's not. Uh, some people said, well, that's the envelope system from uh, you know Europe, which, yes, that's part of it. And someone's like, well, Dave Ramsey invented this. I'm like, I don't think he invented it. No. He had his own spin on this. And um, it's the, I, like, oh, the, that, the Eisenhower matrix and the Covey matrix. Same deal, right? Yeah, oh, it's right, the Covey exactly. matrix. I'm like, no, no, it's not. Eisenhower did it first, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Right. The tickler right. file. So it, the tickler it's file. even hard. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. It's hard to find the originator. And someone's like, oh, it was in Richest Man in Babylon. I'm like, yeah, it's actually in Think and Grow Rich, too. Actually, if you look at the Bible, there's references to these techniques. So um, it, it is impossible to create new, but I think there's an, a new application or new story. So Proper First took established systems. I took four or five established systems and gave a spin in business and it became fresh again. And this is true for our marketing too, is we can take existing ideas, funhouse mirrors, and introduce it in a flavor it hasn't been experienced before. Mm-hmm. And it gives people a whole new perspective. Um, I, I would argue that's the creation of anything new now is it's an improvement on old. It's a new perspective. Uh, if you're into music, you'll see that most music is reinvented old music in a new flavor, new way. Yep. So I think we should be proud proud of that. Um, but I also think, at least for me, I have to, I acknowledge actively I'm not a creator of something new. I'm just curating ideas and packaging it in a fresh package. But these are established ideas. In regards to measurement, I, it's absolutely critical, and uh, it is sadly rarely executed on by small business, including my own businesses, for the longest time. Uh, the idea is to key, and this is a term I'm taking from direct marketers. A key is a distinguishing, a distinguished measurement factor for one form of marketing I'm doing so I can compare it to another form of marketing. As an example, um, maybe I run an ad, I I do uh, an email that says, um, we have a t-shirt and you can buy our t-shirt and get a second one for 50% off. And I can do a separate email that says, I have a t-shirt and you can buy a second one for half price. And while it may be the same, the wording's different. Right. And the first one will say, if you want this t-shirt, go to this link, uh, Mike slash one. And the second one says go to Mike slash two. That's the key. Now I can measure what people are responding to. Sadly, most businesses that I've studied, we're, we're doing this by gut saying, well, it feels like the marketing is working. My gut says it is or isn't, but we, we can't rely on gut here. We have to have absolute data mm-hmm. because then we can see when it's improving or not, or what's working or not. And we can lean into what's working and improve it. And that's, that's the essence of experiments. Experiments must have data around it so you know how to take action once you get that data back. You know what drives me nuts about this, Mike? You just met like, something that, that the A-B testing idea that you're talking about to a degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, most people are told, like I was told this, is, oh, you shouldn't – It's not you're not going to get really great results until you have a list that's X big or you've got this big of an audience. But the problem with that uh, line of thinking and flipping this, flipping the script on that is – if you wait until you're at that level, you might be too <clears throat> excuse me, you might be too busy to do anything about it. You might it might be you know what I mean? You might be too far down the field to be able yeah. to implement. Whereas if you make it habitual out of the gate, right? Like, yeah, I only have a hundred people that are paying attention to me, but I wanna see, yeah, like that's a hundred people, right? Or that's a thousand people. Like I wanna see that because if I can see it with a thousand, then I can 
number one, this is already in place. So it's a flywheel, right? It keeps spinning. Again, profit first works in the, the – like you, the, yep. it's not about the amount of money you're bringing in. It's about the percentages and the – you know, all that That's stuff, correct. right? So it's That's the correct. Same. And then the habit. Right. So when, when I was writing profit first, what was so interesting, and I've gotten feedback from readers, is businesses that are brand new – have a much greater uptake and success rate with profit first than established businesses. Mm -hmm. Yet, yet business owners come to me and say, well, I got to get to a million dollars. I got to be profitable before I can do profit first. Um, I got to get to a certain stage. I'm like, that's absolutely not true. Because when you get to whatever stage you think you need to be to, we have to unwind all the bad habits behind it. And right. to your point with marketing is businesses are saying, well, I can't afford to market right now. So I have to get really big and have a lot of clients so I can start marketing. Yeah. And I'm like, well, the only way you're going to get to that size effectively and appropriately is, is through a form of marketing. So yeah, good, good habits start now. And you, and you can play this out in exercise. Anything is you don't arrive and then figure it out. You have to figure it out and implement that good habit first to get there in the first place. Yeah. It's better to start small and then scale while it's small than try to start when you're medium or larger and then try to scale from there because there's a lot more moving parts, right? So, I mean, that's, uh, yeah. that's, I mean, that's part of the thing. And I think that's, that's a through line through, you know, the work that you've done with a lot of your books is like, Hey, start now, like do this now and get yes. it, get it habituated, habituated, habituated. That's a new word. Um, <laughs> but get that, get that nailed down because then that frees your mind up and your creativity up and the bandwidth that you have, because you're already doing these things. So it, it becomes not second, not second nature, <laughs> but you're not, you're not struggling with it as much so that you can do the work that only you can do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to use the line st start slow and let it grow. To, to build that muscle in profit or marketing, um, we have to realize that we are going to struggle. We will make mistakes. Things won't work out the way we anticipated and we have to see through it. When when we do you know, some marketing and it fails on a very small scale um, and we didn't spend any money on it, like if my wireless access point marketing failed, like, ah, there's 25 bucks down the drain. Maybe I can gift this WAP to somebody. But if that was $25,000, the, the burn is so intense. I'll say, you know, I'm never going to market again. Mm -hmm. And so we do want to start where, where we feel the impact. But we don't feel excruciating pain that prevents us from ever doing it again. Okay, Mike, I'm going to close out with this question because I think uh, there are a lot of marketing books out there, right? There's lots. Yeah. So there's people that are going to listen to this right now. Maybe you, the listener right now is going, okay, but I've, I've read a lot of marketing books. What's so, here we go, different about this one? And why <laughs> should I pick up Mike's book? So go ahead. This is your chance to say, here's why. Yeah. So you will have an effective marketing campaign instantly, immediately. So these aren't plans. These are experiments. The, what you will have also is the framework to evaluate all of your historical marketing. You can look at your competitor's marketing and you can apply the dad. We, we talked about elements, not the full sure. dad framework, but you can instantly analyze marketing and you can have an effective marketing campaign within 24 hours or, or, or sooner. In fact, a lot of the stories I share in there are how businesses use this, this technique to put marketing out there within 24 hours and start getting measurable results. Not, I'm not promising that every marketing campaign will win for you, but you will have results of it's working or not. And then you can make better choices going forward. Yeah. I, you know, and I, I just want to share one final sure, thing. Sure. Sure. I, I also want people, I think I can hope I convince people in this book that they realize marketing is not bothersome. So many small business owners feel that I'm interrupting 
or distracting people. And I think what you'll discover is if your business is doing good things, if it's better than your competition, well, damn it, we then have a responsibility to market. Marketing mm-hmm. is the ultimate act of kindness. And I think that this book will teach people that. The other thing is this book you have to pick up because it's dedicated to you. In fact, uh, I'm looking right now, and you've actually got the experience of the book happening while people read it. So um, I won't share the link because they should pick it up. I'm going to let the Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to let the When you said dedicated to me, I thought like I dedicated to myself like a Snoop Dogg. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, no. To you as (laughs) in like – as in Either the listener reader. right now, unless, you, but if you're listening to this podcast after we've done it, Mike, maybe you've, you've got some narcissistic qualities that want you to listen back to this podcast, then yes, the book is also dedicated to you. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all Love have to that. have a little bit of ego. I mean, it's like the, 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 awesome. the people that listen. I mean, I listen to my own podcast interviews sometimes just mainly to learn, right? Mainly to learn like, what did I say? Did I say something there that I might be able to use later? Or did I say something yeah, 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 idiocy, yeah. right? Um, maybe, yeah. You know, so. Uh, Mike, this has been a great, uh, great opportunity to have this conversation. Finally, I mean, I've been looking forward to doing this for a while. The book is called Get Different, Marketing That Can't Be Ignored. Where can people pick up the book and where can people keep up with you and your work? Uh, the best place to go is, well, it is available at all bookstores, but the best place to go is the website, gogetdifferent.com. And the reason, the, the book links will be at gogetdifferent.com. But the real reason is I've documented 100 marketing ideas that cost nothing or near nothing that you can do within the next 24 hours, including the invisible ink, including the wireless access point. There's 98 more ideas there that you can try. It's for free at gogetdifferent.com. This has been great, Mike. Thanks again for joining me today and having a productive conversation with me. Thank you, Mike. This has been an absolute joy. Big thanks to Mike for joining me. And again, really excited that I was able to bring him to you as a guest today. Again, the book is Get Different, Marketing That Can't Be Ignored. Check it out. And of course, you can check out all the show notes for this episode at productivityist.com slash podcast 388. That's where you can uh, kind of get everything that you need for this episode, including access to you know the sponsors and all that fun stuff. You also can easily access this podcast in the future by subscribing to the podcast. That way you just put in your podcast player, you subscribe now, and you'll get access to all the upcoming episodes, including next week's episode, which features AJ Jackson. I'm excited for that one. Um, But you can also get easy access to the archives as well. So don't forget to subscribe to A Productive Conversation wherever you are listening to this podcast right now. That's it for this time. I'm Mike Vardy. Thanks for joining me for a productive conversation today. And until next time, remember to stop doing productive and start being productive. See you later.